Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita. And let's begin. Hi, and welcome to episode 104 of the Love Food Podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. You know, so many of you have told me that this January has been a challenging, but yet also a much easier one. Because, you know, if you're listening to this podcast when it's released or around that time, this is usually around the time of January where most people's diets are starting to fade fast. And for those of you who did start a diet in January and found this podcast, welcome. (laughs) You know, you may feel like a failure, but Those of us listening and those of us behind the Love Food Podcast, we really support you. And we recognize you're not the failure. The diet was the failure. And that was every single time. So for so many people who I've talked to um, who listen to this podcast, they've mentioned that, again, that not dieting this January has made it easier because they don't have to sit with all that icky shame that doesn't belong to them. And yet, when times are stressful, those are the times that are hard because they find themselves kind of tiptoeing back to diets. And I'm wondering if you experience anything like that. Certainly, it's a really common experience for those of you who are really, um, really just deciding, you know, diets are not for me. But yet, during stressful times or chaotic times, many people end up saying, you know what? I kind of want to diet right now. And I think it's a really important cue, yet has some other meaning behind it. We are lucky enough today to get to hear from Laura Thomas. She's the host of the podcast, Don't Salt My Game, and she is a nutritionist out of the UK. I'm excited for you guys to hear from her. And I also want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. And if you are affected by PCOS, I want to let you know that you don't have to diet. You don't have to torture yourself. I know you have dieted so much and it has never worked. And I really want to help you to navigate the whole health experience and move away from diets because yes, you can also do intuitive eating. I have a PCOS and Food Peace course that is currently open enrollment, but just for a few more days, you can check out all the details by going to pcosandfoodpeace.com. 
All right. Well, if you enjoy this podcast episode today, would you be willing to write a rating or review for the podcast? I would be really excited and super grateful if you did. Whenever someone leaves a rating or review or subscribes or even shares the podcast, it helps more people be able to find it. And I don't know about you, but I want everyone to feel at home in their own skin today because that's your birthright. I really think that's something that we're all born with the, I don't know, we should all feel be able to feel okay in our own skin today, no matter what. And so thank you in advance for any ratings or reviews that you leave. All right, enough of that. Let's get to this episode's letter. I've been working hard on my relationship with you, and often I feel like I'm making progress. Through managing my depression, I've been able to regain some appetite awareness, and I'm a lot more in touch with hunger and fullness signals than I have ever been before. I have periods where I feel a lot more at peace with you, food, and I'm finally fairly comfortable in my body, which is fat, and which I've had a lot of struggles with over the years. I'm challenging the fat phobia in my profession. And connecting with the other anti-diet friends and colleagues means I have access to body positive spaces online and offline, which is a huge blessing. But the moment I get stressed out, intuitive eating seems to be the first thing to go. And my return to it always seems to happen only after a trip down diet culture memory lane. I'm a busy student, so my free time and income are both limited. I also eat a vegan diet, a decision I made a few years ago for ethical reasons. When I'm doing well, I really enjoy cooking myself satisfying meals from scratch, packing my lunch every day, and eating when my body tells me to. But when studying for exams, or when life stresses get the better of me, I really struggle to keep feeding myself meals, and tend to subsist on coffee and whatever vegan-friendly fuel I can find at the dairy on campus, usually lollies and chips. I'm working on giving myself permission to do this, but I don't tend to eat these things mindfully and I don't usually enjoy them. I don't weigh myself anymore, but often during exams, after eating this way for a while, I fixate on the idea that I'm gaining weight and I start planning crash diets, which thankfully I always step back from before actually starting, reminding myself that diets are bullshit. How can I maintain a healthy relationship with you, food, When my limited access to convenient things I can actually eat makes it so hard to eat intuitively when I'm busy, how can I respond to times when my intuitive eating practice has fallen by the wayside without relapsing into diet mentality, love, stressed, and struggling? Hey there, stressed and struggling. Thank you so much for your note. I really appreciate it. And you know, from what you're explaining, you've done a shit ton of work on finding the support to, you know, navigate the waters and diet culture that we're all swimming in and um, really finding your way. That's really awesome to hear. And it sounds like you're going to stick to your guns on it too. You're not going to go back to um, dieting, even when it tries really hard to pull you in. And I really think you're doing a fabulous job. And I hear that your confidence gets low at times, especially during stressful times. Lucky for you and me, I was able to connect with Laura Thomas, 
She is a PhD and nutritionist out of the UK, and she also happens to have a really awesome podcast. It's called Don't Salt My Game, and she gets to chat with really fun and important people in the wellness foodie world. Um, She likes to cuss just like me too, so I love that. (laughs) But Laura was gracious enough to offer her time and to help us answer this question. So let's go ahead and give her a call. Hello. Hey, Laura. It's Julie Duffy Dillon. How are you doing? I'm really good, Julie. How are you? I'm great. I'm so glad to be talking with you. I feel like I know you from listening (laughs) listening to your podcast, so it's nice to actually talk live. I've been stalking you a little bit, listening (laughs) to everything that I can get my hands on by you. So that's funny. I think we 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 anti diet dietitians. I think we stalk each other. That's funny. It's really true. <laughs> um, well, I am excited to talk to you about this letter. Did you get a chance to read it? I sure did. Awesome. Well, from reading the letter, what was your general impression about what this person's experiencing? Yeah. So, like straight off the bat, it sounds like this person, in in ways, is is doing really well. And I think it helps to just kind of take a step back and pause and think about you know, how far people have come with the relationship to food and, and kind of sort of see how that has evolved and, and, and the things that they're doing really, really well. And so I just, I like to do that with my clients, just kind of get them to pause and reflect and think, actually, you know, I'm doing really well. This person mentioned that they're able to, to notice when they're having diet thoughts or, or um, when they're really caught up in diet mentality and diet culture and they're, they're recognizing fat phobia. So in a lot of ways, it sounds to me like this person has, has done a lot of work, right? I don't know if you got that impression too. Oh, totally. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, dang, this woman has really like <laughs> moved along and um, she's like made sure she built in supports and is like totally like navigating the diet culture as best as any human can, you know? And um, yeah, I totally was thinking the same thing. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, it's really important to learn about and understand the social structures in place that keep us in a place where we are fighting with food and fighting with our bodies. And so like, I just want this woman to give herself a pat on the back and, and, and sort of, yeah, congratulate herself for how far she's come. Um, but then, you know, it, it, it did seem like sort of the flip side of that is that she was still, it seems like to me, and obviously I don't know this person, but it did seem like there was a fair amount of self-judgment and self-criticism um, about around the idea of sort of being a perfect intuitive eater. I'm not sure if you picked up on that as well. Yes, but yes. There's, I think, a really common misconception with intuitive eating that you have to like do it right. Like I have a lot of clients that will come in and they're sort of want to get an A in intuitive eating. And I'm like, no, 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 there's no such thing as getting an A in intuitive eating. Totally. There are so many people that are like, I'm going to be the perfect student with you, Julie, and I'm going to do this exactly right. I'm like, well, that's kind of what I'm wanting to like help you get away from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. I want this person to like cut herself some slack and like, you know, what I was saying before, give herself some credit for how far she's already come. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't it seem familiar to you too? Like that, um, I don't know if I'm gonna explain this how I'm thinking it, but there was like she's moved away from dieting, but there's this kind of like structure to um thoughts that still has like a perfectionistic kind of tone to it that reminds me of dieting, you know, and it it kind of reminds me that diet culture really is deeper than just food. You know, it's it's more than that. And and expectations and perfectionism, it kind of reminded me of all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I was thinking um, you know, one resource that I might recommend to this person if they were one of my clients is Kristen Neff's work around self-compassion and and maybe some stuff around letting go of this idea of perfectionism and doing intuitive eating, you know, quote unquote, right. Um, and the other thing that I picked up on w- was around the idea of mindful eating. I can't remember the exact words, but it was, you know, essentially she's eating some foods slightly less than mindfully. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like, I don't like saying mindlessly, but maybe she's distracted by studying and her exams and things like that. And, and I just kind of wanted to point out that like nobody can eat mindfully 100% of the time. And to have that, that's a, that's an unrealistic standard or an unrealistic expectation to have of yourself. You know, I don't eat mindfully all the time. I don't know about you, but I was sitting mm. eating my lunch at my computer today because I have shit to do. <laughs> <And> <laughs> right. Especially this person is like totally, um, she sounds like a kick-ass person. Like she's doing a lot of things right now and juggling yeah. a lot of things. And there's seasons in our life where we do the best mm. we can. And I wanted to ask you something that you just said, and I have a feeling mm. we're on the same page, but I'm, I'm wondering if a listener doesn't, un- doesn't really like understand or appreciate this point. But what makes you not want to choose the word mindlessly? Ah, uh, this is kind of like a a bit of a can of worms. But I think I think it sort of gives the impression that you're just kind of on complete autopilot, that you're you're just sort of cruising through life. But you know, even even if we're not making super. Um, even if we're not sort of sat down and paying attention to every mouthful and bite of food that we're eating, the, I mean, sorry, I'm struggling to gather my thoughts on this. Um, cause it's just something that I do without really thinking about it. I don't know about you, Julie, but yeah. I have like, I, I know in my head and now I'm struggling to articulate it, but it's essentially, you know, you, you're still conscious. You're still aware of the fact that you're eating and so it's not completely, it's not completely mindless. It's, you know, you still have to show up to eat, right? Does mm-hmm. that make any sense? It does make total sense. I think it goes back to what we were just saying a few minutes ago. Like it makes it seem, it's like a perfectionistic thing. And maybe you mm-hmm. and I are being overly perfectionistic, but whatever, we're kind of going against the perfectionism. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I feel like mindless, um, I'm the same way as you. Like sometimes I have a hard time to describing it, but like I feel like mindless just sounds like such a massive judgment and it yeah. can even send people into like a shame spiral. And and I feel like we're not we're not robots. We are humans and we can only be mindful or, you know, focused on so many things at a time. And yeah, there are those like super bionic people who are able to like be totally aware of doing a bazillion things at one time. I'm just not one of those people. And it doesn't sound like you are, Laura, either. And this person who wrote the letter, I think we're kind of all on the same page. And so I'm the same way as you. I choose to not usually, I don't like that word mindless unless um, I like distracted. I feel like that's just more. It's just, that's just 
more of what it is. So you're just distracted. And sometimes we're distracted because we're taking care of a human or we are writing a dissertation, you know, like those are really important distractions. And like, if you want to get, take care of those things, you're not going to be able to be thinking about every single thing you're doing. And I feel like that's a big part of intuitive eating. Sometimes I I almost think of it as like advanced intuitive eating skills, you know, because mm. I can I can um, hear Evelyn Tribbley talking about it, like mm-hmm. how she was like, we all can't be thinking about what we eat all the time. Like, yeah. that's ridiculous. And that's not healthy. You know, like and she even <laughs> talks about how she reads the newspaper sometimes when she's eating. So, mm-hmm. you know, if the original intuitive eating pros yeah. are eating mindfully 100% of the time, or, you know, they're eating while they're slightly distracted, like, just take the pressure off yourself a little bit because it sounds like you have so much on your plate that you don't need this extra level of pressure. And, and I think, you know, what, what you said about she sounds like a total badass juggling all these different things. And I think the real test of intuitive eating is when shit hits the fan and you're really busy and you're stressed and maybe you have no choice, but to eat foods that are convenient, that don't make you feel so hot. But that's, you know, in that, in that instance, it's better to eat something than to eat nothing. But again, going Mm -hmm. back to this perfectionist thing, it's almost like there's maybe slightly a little bit of residual judgment around the foods that this person's having, but also kind of an expectation that even when things are kind of messy, that they still have to eat foods that are going to, um, make them perform at their absolute best when, when sometimes it's more important to just eat something to keep you going and to keep food in your belly. Does that make sense? Yes, I totally agree. 100%. I feel like that, that's what intuitive eating is all about. It's not just like eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full. That's only two of the 10 principles. Like there's so Mm -hmm. many other parts of it. And what you're saying is just like, that's really important to be able to like, allow some more flexibility and like you do have permission to eat whatever you want. And sometimes it's not what's going to like energetically give you what you wish you had and you're doing the best you can, you know, like, and at one bite of, or one like meal of something that makes you kind of feel sluggish is not going to hurt your body. Like it's, it's, it's okay. (laughs) Totally. And, And the other thing is, you know, like, I've been there, like I went to grad school, did the whole stressful exam time thing. And I know how challenging that can that can be, especially if you're not able to sort of prepare meals from scratch. And and this person also said that they're working with a budget, which is really difficult and challenging. And so, you know, just in terms of something super pragmatic, super practical, take a multivitamin every day. That way you, it's kind of acts as a safety blanket. You know, you're getting everything you need and you don't have to stress about making sure that you're getting that balance throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, that's just a, a tip that I give to people who are struggling and they feel like they're, they're just eating a lot of like chips and, and candy all the time. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but mm-hmm. if you feel like you're not feeling so hot, then there's no harm in taking a supplement to just kind of tide you over until you can get back to that place where you're doing your your meal prep or, mm-hmm. um, you know, doing a weekly grocery shop or whatever it is that you need to do. Yeah, I think that's smart. You know, it, 
that that way you don't have to worry about like selenium or I'm like <laughs> yeah. some random thing, you know, yeah. um, I, I always laugh about selenium because I think um, <laughs> it's like it's this micronutrient that some dietitians just go so nutty about. And <laughs> I'm like, eh, selenium. <laughs> um, anyway, my own little inside joke. But uh, so so, Laura, I'm wondering, like, if, you know, for this letter writer and, you know, mm-hmm. what what this person's describing, what do you feel like are, besides the multivitamin, is there mm-hmm. a first few steps that you'd recommend? So in terms of, okay, so something that I like to do is just be super pragmatic with stuff. You know, there's the residual stuff in the background that I think this person needs to work on sort of the self-judgment, the self-criticism and the, the perfectionist tendencies, but it also sounds like she's got shit to do. And this isn't the time maybe to tackle those things. So in the sort of short term, some really pragmatic things I think to think about are, you know, go like maybe going to the grocery store and getting some really easy, convenient snacks that will be cost effective that you can bring to the library or wherever you are studying um, or doing your work. Uh, so you don't have to worry about spending a ton of money, but things that are maybe going to be more satisfying or more filling or, you know, give you good steady brain energy if that's a thing, (laughs) Uh, while you're studying. So, you know, things like granola bars, and this person's also vegan, which slightly complicates things, but, you know, granola bars, um, hummus with some crackers that you can pack. Um, What was the other thing? Oh, like peanut butter, you know, just really easy, convenient things that don't cost the earth. Um, if you're not able to sort of set time aside on the weekend to do like some big batch cooking or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a wonderful self-care thing to do. It'd be like, yeah. um, and I, I, I feel like it's a, it's something that when we're stuck in diet mentality, a lot of us won't allow ourselves to do, you know, to go to the grocery store mm-hmm. and pick out some frozen meals, like mm-hmm. poo on frozen or processed food. No, like that, yeah. use it as a tool. And I can look back and in, in times of my own life, you know, when I had um, newborn or just lots of little people walking around in my life and I had to do a lot of things mm-hmm. for them. Those were the times where I'm like, okay, at least, at least like so many days in the week, like half the week or whatever, I need to make sure I don't leave this grocery store without like <laughs> really easy meals to make because yeah. otherwise, you know, like we'll be like running like last minute trying to figure out something out. And to me, that's just like the chaos I don't want. So I think it's like a wonderful, like nurturing thing to do for yourself to be like, you know, what kind of foods can I just keep on hand that actually feel good in my body? Like that make me feel energized. And um, I think that's super helpful. Yeah, I think those sometimes... Um, if we're stuck in, or even if we've moved away from diet mentality, but that idea of like meal prep or like doing a big grocery shop can feel very similar to diet mentality. And so people kind of freak out about it. But but if you can frame it not as a self-restriction thing and, and frame it as a piece of self-care, I think that can be really helpful. Yeah, I agree. That's awesome. Well, there are there any other steps that you think would be helpful or do you feel like that's a good place for her to to start because she is like, I mean, so incredibly busy? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to overload this person. But I, I, the one thing that I would just sort of as a parting thought is just to remind that person that there is no such thing as a perfect intuitive eater. You're doing your best and to to be flexible to go along with it when you're in this really busy, stressful period. And, you know, if you can 
work on building in some self-care, some stress management around, you know, that stressful period. I think that will be really helpful, but don't sweat, you know, the eating chips and cakes and things like that. Just do the best that you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm looking at her note right now too. And it mentions like the word relapsing into diet mentality. And something that I'm thinking about is, um, you know, when those moments when she is distracted and that's how she's feeling her body. Um, I feel like that I'm not doing the intuitive eating right. That's the part yeah. that is, is um, I don't know, kind of nudging close to that diet mentality. And so what Laura and I are saying is that that's just normal eating. And that's, that's, yeah. that is intuitive eating. It's you're taking care of yourself the best you can. And all the work she's done, I'm like, I don't, she's not going to go back to the diet mentality. Like <laughs> she has like supports, you know, and, and this is not enough to shake her up. Like, I, and it, it reminds me of, um, you know, the spiral up that Elise Resch talks about mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, how like sometimes it can feel like we're going backwards, but really we're, we're moving along the spiral and we're, we're moving forward. So for this letter writer, I have a feeling as she like gets through this tough part in her life, <clears throat> excuse me, it'll be something that like, she'll recognize in the future. Oh, when I'm really busy, this is what happens. And that's, that's okay. You know? Yeah. 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 Oh, well, you know, you mentioned a resource that is awesome. Um, Christine Neff's work. Um, and I want to go ahead and put that on the food piece syllabus. Is there anything else that Laura, that you would like to add to it? Ooh, did I think I, I kind of thought of something, but now it's gone, but I will just sort of give a little plug for my podcast where we talk about a lot of similar issues to, I think, the things that you talk about on this podcast, Julie, and mm -hmm. just some other additional supports and resources. Cause I know that, or something that I talk about with my clients a lot is being able to sort of surround yourself with the non-diet intuitive eating health every size conversation is it can be really, really helpful to make it, make it feel as though you have some support when um, maybe people in your life don't get it or, you know, your friends aren't really about this. So, or they're like really stuck in diet mentality. And so surrounding yourself with those conversations or whether it's like a podcast, a blog, an Instagram feed that you follow, they can be really helpful and just remind you that you're not alone in, in this. Yeah, I definitely want to add your podcast to it. And, and, you know, I just realized I didn't really explain what the food piece syllabus was. And if you're listening and you're new to the podcast, you may be wondering what the heck that is. But that is a resource that we've been collecting over the last 100 plus episodes of just like resources like Don't Salt Your Game, Laura's podcast, or books, um, blog posts, Instagram accounts, just anything that further helps us to feel more at home in our own skin. And you can get to the most um, recent update of the food piece syllabus by going to juliedillonrd.com. And there's a place for you to add in your email to get it sent right to you. So Laura, thank you so much for your time and your expertise. I really appreciate it. And is there a way for someone to find you if they want to find out more about you? Yeah, I, um, well, first of all, thank you for having me on. Um, and secondly, yes, it's at Laura Thomas PhD across all my social channels. Probably the best place to find me is Instagram. And my podcast is Don't Salt My Game. And my website is just laurathomasphd.co.uk. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. And we'll talk soon. Thanks, Julie. Bye. Bye, bye. Bye. Well, there you have it. Stressed and struggling. I hope what Laura had to say, I don't know. I hope you found it helpful. 
And, you know, something I know to be true is that there is no such thing as a perfect intuitive eater. We aren't robots. You are a human. So am I. So is Laura and everybody else. And, you know, having flexibility with how we take care of ourselves is one of the best protections from getting sucked back into diet culture. If you enjoyed this episode of the Love Food Podcast, I would greatly appreciate a rating and review. And the easiest way to get to that is just to um, go ahead and look at it on your iTunes app and you can scroll down and you will see a place to leave a rating or review. You can also look at the show notes and there's a link in the second paragraph. All right. And just a reminder that our podcast today was brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. Enrollment will close on Wednesday, January 31st. So you have a few more days if you're listening to when this podcast is released to jump into the course. If you have PCOS and want to find another way to experience health without dieting, I want to help. Get to it at PCOSandFoodPeace.com. All right, so I see food has written back. Until then, letter writer, keep us posted. I want to know how things are going. And I do hope that you give yourself permission just to be where you are. Take care. Dear Stressed and Struggling, Our journey together goes way back. We have had rocky terrain, mountains to climb, and lots of dips. We food are thrilled you appreciate your body does not need to be fixed and you've aligned with others to opt out of diet culture. Lately, we see you struggling, perfectionism and shame connected with food behaviors. We remind you that there are no perfect intuitive eaters. You're doing the very best you can, managing your time, your self-care, and your life, and that is awesome. Don't let perfectionism and shame distract you from just how amazing you already are. Love, food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.